the election is over, or we think it's over. Now we can focus on the CPI coming out tomorrow. We got some earnings. House of Mouse, absolute disaster at a seven-year low. Have some other stocks deep in the red. Must sell some stocks, some Tesla stock. Shocker to everyone here. Ryan Dietrich, 825. Set your alarm right now. He's coming on. The stat man is going to tell us what he has to say about the markets with the split house. Or at least, or split, yeah, split house. Mitch, let's get going. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. is down four and a half at uh, 48.31. Uh, we had a rally and a break and just trying to get back over unchanged here. So not much damage in the overnight session. Dollar climbing back up 25 cents at 109.79. TLT just hanging out near the, near the lows, up 17 cents at 94.47. Crude down 89 cents back under that $90 breakout level. Gold taking a little breather after yesterday's rally, down 530 at 1710.70. Silver in the red as well. That's down 15 cents at 21.35. Bitcoin under 18K here, down 545 at 17,545 in Ethereum. That's going the same way. That's down 80 bucks at 1228.50. Let's bring in Triple D. Stop. And money, Mitch. And let's talk about the markets here. Uh, where do you want to start? Do you want to do the the market reaction to the election? Well, I think or? we got to start with the election. It's the big news of the night. It's the reason we are shopping around. It's the reason I need to mute my other computer, which is not cooperating. Ho ho! Two computers here. Look at that, Dennis. Yeah. Dick. No, I know. You got to have two computers. Um, so, yeah. Thoughts here, Money Mitch. Let us know what happened. Like, do we have an official? Yeah. So, official? The, right now, there's no projecting control of the House of Representatives. Right now, it looks like the Republicans could win 220 seats, which would be a narrow majority. Um, but this is still left up to last minute counting. And like always, you know, it seems like every election, we don't find out until a couple of days afterwards. Yeah, so really. I got to give Decent. points for uh, Joel on that one. Um, definitely the predicted markets might've gotten it wrong as we were looking at the predicted markets yesterday. And it looks like uh, definitely some swing arounds there. So I hope that if anybody took some chances on there, you had mm -hmm. some fun. It was just fun money, probably, hopefully. And we'll we'll wait and see what happens today. But a narrow majority right there. Is that a positive for the market or a negative for the markets? What do you think? Hmm. I don't know what to think. Um, I think the market doesn't know what to think here because <laughs> when we don't have an official result, too, we've just chopped around. So 
I think the market doesn't know what to, what it wants either. So again, indecisiveness. You know, we could say chop, but really this market has just been indecisive for you know basically a month since we got the last CPI number. We're obviously waiting for tomorrow's CPI data. That's going to be a key data point if it's hot. Well, last time it was hot, ended up being kind of hot, and they ended up rallying it anyway. So I'm not sure what to think of this market anymore. All I know is unpredictable is really what it is. Right. I mean, we're waiting on we're waiting on the CPI number, right? That comes out tomorrow morning. We're going to have our man Blue uh, on on Friday to talk about it. I think you know the one thing just from reading in up on the election. You had a lot of split tickets. Um, you know, it really got to be down to the individual candidates. You know, you had a Republican governor win in one, you know, some states, and then the Democratic senators. So people are they're, they're picking. It's not so much the party, but it's the candidates. And um, yeah. I, I think that that uh, hopefully is a good sign. You know that uh, that the you know people are are trying to choose the best possible person and. Party lines are getting more and more obscured. So uh, implications from the market down 475. So not much has happened. I think I think the market is uh, is just waiting for that CPI number. Uh, we should go to the tape bomb from yesterday, though, because we were just on our way. We were rallying and then Bitcoin took us down. Oh, I mean, it took the whole market down. Well, and, and, I mean, and Bitcoin is down here again and taking out support here now. I mean, or at least approaching support. I mean, we talked about the 18,000 level. We are just sneaking through it here right now at 17.3. Is this the big opportunity to buy Bitcoin? You know what I think about Bitcoin. So obviously yeah. not going to be on that. Not going to be with you guys on that one. But I I think there's just so many unknowns with this, With obviously with crypto, you know, is it digital gold? Now it's just the bag holder gold is really what it is. I mean, is it really unknown that these platforms have had liquidity issues and All of you know, security issues? Yeah. No, it hasn't. You know, I mean, yeah. this, this is this is why I think it's an important thing to kind of catch trends early on. If you guys yeah, saw, you get your money out safe. Yeah, and sound. get your money out early. You know, first was Celsius, then we saw that kind of the stable coin drop off. We saw Voyager go. And that's right there. When I when I started seeing even like Voyager go, I was like, okay, at this point, team, we have to go ahead risk. and realize that this is this is platform risk. This is structural risk of the platform itself yeah, and the way yeah. that they're designed and the business models right now. So in my eyes, I think this is more continued warnings in crypto that even I'm concerned about companies like Coinbase. What what makes me think? What makes me think that that can't happen to Coinbase here now? I mean, their, their stock the has market been thinks it could down. happen, or it wouldn't be getting hammered like this. I mean, you're down to 48 bucks here on this thing. I mean, you think about your traditional, like, go back to the financial crisis. You know, the, what the, was the financial crisis really in itself? It was a bank run. It was the potential for a bank run. I mean, obviously, the housing bubble caused that, but people were concerned at the end that their money wasn't safe in the bank. Yeah. I mean, this is a whole other level. You don't got SIPC. You don't got any insurance. This is just like, oh, yeah, these crypto stable coins, you know, are safe. They're stable. They're pegged to the dollar. Well, are they really? We've seen now three or I don't know how many, three major ones, you know, not pegged anymore. So if I had my money in this stuff, I'd be getting it out. But I don't have my money in any of this stuff. I have my money in traditional banks. 
maybe the traditional banks aren't safe either, but they sure feel safe right now. Yeah, and I think that now you got to start uh, calling concerns. Also, I saw Robinhood take a big hit off this yesterday. Of course, FTX CEO uh, Sam Bankman uh, had a 7.6% stake in Robinhood in May. I wonder if that goes away, right? That's, that's why you guys are seeing Hood take a, a big beating here. I, I just think there? Hood's getting hit too with the crypto implosion. Obviously, a lot of crypto trading going on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're breaking down here now. We've said it on this show. You know, honestly, we started saying that, you know, back when the Saturday Night Live topping event. I, yep. made a, I made a handle. You know, we called yeah. the top. We got it. Um, you know, and then we've continued to leak, leak, leak. It was 50,000. I said, I think it's going to 30. And then when it went to 30, I said, I think it's going to 10. So, I mean, we're at 17, the Bitcoin, obviously a lot of the other ones. You're still trying to, you know, hope, you know, that these things are coming back or, you know, you know, of course they all know, um, you know, these things are coming back, but I don't think they're coming back. Maybe they are. Maybe I'm going to be wrong. Maybe I'm going to be you know, a big mistake to keep all my money in U.S. dollars and the Canadian dollars. But it sure feels good right now. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, uh, Binance and others concerns are definitely out there. But go ahead, Joel. Yeah, I was just going to say uh, yesterday, uh, Bitcoin in the futures, it dipped under 17. It got Ooh. to uh, 16,835, and uh, today's low is 17,130. Uh, you don't have anything really on the monthlies, um, but uh, just, uh, yeah, see, oh, yeah, that was a low back in uh, November of 20 before the, the big liftoff. So that's, uh, you know, the point where that's when we went through 20 and just never looked back. But just uh, looking at the lower right chart here, I mean, how, how familiar is this chart? You know, something makes an outrageous move and then it comes down and it just hangs out and it hangs out yeah. and it hangs out. And yeah. then eventually, boom, eventually a cave and goes. It caves. So, yep. you know, are we going to get another consolidation with, you know, it being supported at 17 and then going to 19 for this is how many months one two three four this is going on the fifth month so i don't know right now bitcoin 17k that low from yesterday i mean if not you just got to use the whole numbers or half 16.5 or or 16,000. but uh this tape bomb took the market down holy macro that yeah. it did yeah i i mean there is, is eventually there, there's a pretty good separation with the S and P's though, and, and Bitcoin. Yeah. Bitcoin is not going to take the entire S and P down long. Maybe in the short run, you get these hits, but you know, obviously, we we rallied, you know, back a lot of that there too, Joel. We did. So we I did. mean, the buy the dippers are out there. They're out there in the value stocks. They're out there in the same stocks. I mean, and now they're throwing Meta, and maybe this is a good segue into that. But Meta has turned into a value. Meta has come down far enough where it feels like all the bad news is potentially priced in. We don't know anything. We don't know if it's all the bad news. Maybe there's going to be more tape bombs from Meta, but they kind of thrown out a lot of bad news here, even overnight. You know, obviously with more, you know, higher. Hold up! I know how do you how you make your stock a value stock. You know how you do it. Well, how? You just lay off a whole bunch of people. That's how Meta's getting it done, right? Pretty much. Just cut some. Cut yeah, some cost, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, what that's they not a see, bad man. way to get towards it. Meta laying off 13% of its staff, more than 11,000 employees. CEO Mark Zuckerberg told employees Wednesday in a letter, uh, an email to them, and also stated in there, 
um, and this was the last line, is we are also taking a number of additional steps to become a leaner and more efficient company by cutting discretionary spending and extending our hiring freeze through Q1. And, you know, we applaud this news yesterday. Now we applaud it more again today. So, I mean, it's just seller exhaustion. You know, is this the start of the new bull run in Meta? Probably not. We have seen this time and time again. You get seller exhaustion, stock rallies for a bit, and eventually starts to slow down, and then eventually comes out with another tape bomb and goes back down. So is there room up? Yeah, you know, I tried to buy this actually a couple times here, uh, but it kept making new lows. I'm not in it right now. Wish I was in it, but you know, somebody bought it two days ago. I know there's somebody in the chat that bought it 89. Congratulations. There's always somebody that buys the low. For the most part, it's you know, 99% of people are down in the stock though. So um, don't feel bad if you're down in it. You see everybody bought it at 89 because they didn't. You'll always hear from the person that bought it at 89 or 90. You won't hear from the person that bought it at 130 or 120 or 100 even. Now it's back to 101. So is it a cheap stock? Absolutely. Do they have to find their way? Absolutely. Very interesting area here on a, on a technical level. We gapped down or it gapped down after earnings and it had a high at 102.50 on that day. Well, we snuck into the 102 handle just barely uh, getting to 102.12. So for right now, we'll call that resistance, that right, that high. And then you get into that gap area. And I mean, whew, whew. 128.50. I mean, that's the next. I mean, you could get you know some other numbers, maybe find a retracement or something. But mm, I don't know. It's rallying off the same news. Maybe the job cuts were bigger than they thought, you know. And uh, you know, so it rallied the first time, and then it rallied this time. But uh, a lot of people will be targeting that 102.50. Let's see if it can get into that gap area. We'll see what happens with Meta. Let's go to Walt Disney. Uh, let's take a look at the House of Mouse. Uh, adjusted EPS coming in at 30 cents, missing big off the 56 cent estimate. Sales at 20.15 billion, missing the 21.25 billion estimate. Average monthly revenue per paid global Disney Plus subscriber was down 5% year over year. Now, positive was the parks experience and product segment as it had yeah. revenues of $7.4 billion, up 36% year over year. Now, of course, you guys can take a look at the direct-to-consumer services. That was pretty good. Overall in the year, they've added nearly 57 million subscribers this year for a total now of over 235 million. Uh, this was said, of course, by Disney CEO. Um, and if you take a look, not too bad. Disney Plus numbers domestic was up about 20% year over year at 46.4 million. Uh, ESPN Plus 24.3 up 42%. So it looks like to me like some people are trying to watch the Disney, uh, the ESPN Plus content. So what is that content? That's a lot of uh, hockey content, right, Dennis? So Looks like to me, like some people are trying to get into those hockey games because they are exclusive, right? A lot of these hockey games now are only on ESPN Plus. So you got to go ahead and get it. I don't know. Maybe Dennis knows a little bit more into the hockey life, but. Well, I don't Hulu, watch on ESPN because I'm bad. in Canada. So I'm watching Sportsnet or, you know, mainly Sportsnet is where we get the hockey in Canada. So I'm watching from a different okay. place. But I mean, it's disappointing as a Disney shareholder, it's disappointing. I mean, you see a stock go down, it seems like 20, 30% every single day. 
and sometimes multiple stocks. This is a major S&P component. It's a major hit, down 7.5%. I mean, if you own enough stocks, eventually you're going to get hit on something, and this is my day to get hit. Um, I still think if you're holding Disney at $92, I think 10 years from now, you're going to be very happy about it. Uh, but from 10 days from now, who knows? 90 is critical support, though. It did. It dipped into the 80 handle. Uh, we got down to 89 even. And then uh, got a nice rebound uh, up over 94.50. So if you're looking for any any kind of upside on this one, keep an eye on getting above um, uh, 80 or 94.50. And then on the downside, what was the former low of the move last time we were at 90? 90.71. So I don't know if you, you could get another shot there. So keep an eye on that. That's only oh, that's buck and a half away. So ninety-seven one, and then your pre-market low at uh, eighty-nine. It kind of surrounds the whole ninety number. Yeah, ninety's big. I think again, ninety has been a good buy multiple times. I don't know if it's going to work for the third time here, but you never know. I mean, take two. They bought the dip kind of at ninety dollars as well yesterday. Again, it's hard to say. It's one day. I still have take two on my shopping list. I still have to buy more at Disney on my shopping list because, you know, I sold a bunch of it and I'm still not at the same size of position that I was before. So I do want to buy more Disney. Um, I don't know if I'm going to buy it on the first day here. I kind of want to see, can they, you know, start to show, you know, like a, the buy the dip coming into the stock because this market is really tough because in some stocks they come in and buy the dip and then in other stocks they just hit the dip. And I mean by that is they just continue to go down. And if you're buying on the first day, you know, that Meadow is dipping. It took a long time before it actually came back. Um, Amazon has continued to go down on the dip. Oh, so no. it, there's a lot of separation here. I do think they're buying value stocks on the dip. I'm not sure Disney classifies as a value stock, though. P is still 19 to 20. They're full-on growth on the Disney Plus product. They're burning some cash, a lot of cash on that. Um, so I'm not sure Disney is classified as a total value stock right now. It's kind of in the middle. So that's where I don't know if they're necessarily just coming in and buying the dip on Disney, uh, but the 90s big. People get, I mean, the parks did well, you know. It, it, parks it, are always doing well, yeah. yeah. People if you're going to recession, the parks are going to get hit exactly. too. So that's something to think about too is could there be, you know, the potential if the parks aren't doing well six months from now, that potential is there as well. There could be. There could be, you know, this could be a good opportunity, but I can see a path where it could get tougher for Disney for the next year or two too. Ten years from now, I think Disney's going to be just fine. Two A year from now, if we're in recession, it could be a little bit tougher. It's why I lightened up my Disney at 120. I did rebuy sale. some at 100. At 100. Um, obviously, that sale or that purchase is not good because the stock's 92 now. Um, I, I kind of want to rebuy everything that I sold at 120 because uh, I got about half of the size position that I did when I was back at 120. But I don't want to be early here. So, and I don't like the quarter. We'll see what happens there in Disney. Let's go to Tesla. It's finally, we got our answer. Would Elon sell some more shares? Well, there you have it. He did it. And uh, remember, if you guys remember on August 9th, Musk told fans that he was done selling Tesla shares to fund a possible Twitter acquisition. I know. Seems just, like that was a lie. Oh, uh, there, that's you true. Know, that's, you know, yeah, that, the, you got to call them out, you know, and I think so. Tesla CEO sold additional shares of Tesla, closing 44 billion 
of the purchase for Twitter. Uh, this closed, of course, on October 28th. He sold another $3.95 billion worth of shares. And remember, he's already sold $8 billion worth of stock in April and roughly $7 billion worth of stock in August. So there you guys see $8 billion, $7 billion, now three, almost $4 billion. He's getting up there in sales this year. Um, and I don't think it's done. I think, you know, you had one and obviously we go, oh, he sold last night, but he'll be one and done. I don't know if he is. So this came from November the 4th. Obviously, you know, we're going to see more filings happen potentially. If they're, if he sold more in the last couple of days, we're going to see those drop potentially tonight, potentially, you know, the next day. I'm not sure he's done. And that's, you know, a concern here as well. Obviously, you know, the market is thinking he's done, and that's why they're plotting it here this morning. Stock was trading up significantly, you know, maybe, and, and not now. It's starting to give it back. I don't think he's done selling. So I'm actually... I, I get it. You know, last Surprise. time I mean, when he was done, he's cut in half. He's cut in half, and he's selling. He's still selling. Yeah, but he needs the money. He needs the money, Joel. I mean, he's got this Twitter. You know, he's got you know obviously some expenses. He's got this Twitter purchase. He wants you know. There's a lot going on. He needs the money. So it's not a, it's not a huge sale for him. Four billion dollars, which sounds yeah. huge for anyone, but not for Musk. I just don't think he's done. Yeah. Boy, the, what was the low? The, yeah, I just want to do the quick technical. You did get up to 195 just Oof. briefly, and then you faded. So, uh, looking at or that was the high from yesterday, 195.20. Huh, that's interesting. And then you almost got there this morning. So, uh, that's a great level on the upside. If you're looking for more upside on the downside, we got to 186.75 yesterday. So uh, maybe if it's not as rough a market, because that was a big break. I mean, uh, you know, in the market, I'm sure that's when Tesla made the low. So uh, you probably have some intermediate numbers here, but we'll see if that 186.75 can hold up uh, over the next couple of days. Currently trading five bucks above it. Remember uh, the split from August 31st, 2020, five for one. Looks like we're coming really close towards that number. I mean, we're still a little bit ways from that. That's around 167.43, the high on that day. But I think, you know, that could be still in play here. And if it gets towards that split price, that's when I'll start kind of coming into Tesla. But right now, I think it's it's a little I think bit scary. there's a path here. to 100 bucks on this. I mean, it, it could it could go back below that split price, right? I mean, wh why not? I mean, the thing that I think can turn around Tesla, of course, is the semi and the Cybertruck. They are supposed to deliver uh, the semi in December. So that's probably one catalyst that I'll be looking for in Q4. But other than that, I don't think there's much for Tesla here. And if you think about maybe their China uh, sales maybe going up, that's probably the only thing that could maybe get you leaning towards some higher deliveries. We you just know, had no real bad news from Tesla. Like when is, you know, you can look at the stock and you can say it's off 55 to 60%. When you look at Meta, something like that, well, it's had bad news tape bombs, you know, to, to Tommy Lackey's tape bomb term, which we continue to lose and we'll credit you for it, Tommy. It's a great term. Um, you know, we had multiple tape bombs in Meta. In multiple tape bombs and a lot of stocks that fall 60%, 70%. We haven't really had a lot of bad news from Tesla. What if it starts reporting bad news? What if all of a sudden the sales, you know, we go into a recession and the sales aren't as strong as, if it can go down 60% with no bad news, man, if it ever started getting bad news where the growth wasn't there, 
What do you think would happen to the stock? I don't know. Maybe we should duff, dust off uh, Gordon Johnson. I'm just concerned that if we do go into recession, a lot of you aren't buying Teslas. And if all of a sudden the sales started to come in, you'll see that 75 or 80 PE get cut in half in a hurry. And that would bring us to 100 bucks. <laughs> well, I, I, after... I'm actually, you know, and obviously I'm, I'm late to the party to get bearish Tesla at this point in time. I don't think I've ever been bullish it, but I'm in full on the bear train. I think you got to sell rallies in this thing. I just don't, I don't know. Maybe this is the bottom. Maybe we're all going to own Teslas. Maybe they're going to be, you know, everywhere and we're not going to buy any other cars ever again. But I just think there's so much competition coming. If they ever started saying some bad news, I, I, I can't believe the stock's down 60% on no bad news, really. Like, I mean, people will find something that was bad. But has there been really a lot of bad news? I'm asking the chat, too. What's no, been the isn't. really bad news coming out of Tesla? Not Musk. I'm talking about Musk. Talk about the Tesla, the company. When have they, like, really missed lately? When have they, like, you know, just dropped a bomb? It really hasn't happened. It dropped 50 bucks. Yeah, it hasn't. And the stock's down 60% from the highs. If it can go down 60% just on multiple contraction, which is what it did, and the multiple's just not cheap yet. It's just scary. All right. Uh, S&Ps are leaking big time. We're down 19 and a quarter, but we're going to do our guest early today. Uh, and that's Ryan Dietrich from the Carson Group. He's going to survey the uh, information from the elections and uh, see what is on his radar. So let's bring in uh, Ryan Dietrich. Our special guest. Good morning. What's going on? That was new. The music and the noise. I like that, guys. <laughs> yeah, pretty I'm cool. Trying, I'm trying. Got to bring, got to bring a step up, right? Step up oh, every day. Let's that, go. That was, that was good. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm on CNBC in like 15 minutes or 20 minutes or something. Uh -oh. So thanks for, thanks for getting me on here. I'm on with That's you guys. I'd rather talk right with there. you guys any day, though. They're kind of stuck up. <laughs> there you go. Right. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I would tell them the exact opposite. I'd rather talk to them. But, you know, let me, let me, let me see if I can share my screen, guys. Give me Be careful, screen. Ryan. They, they like to watch. Our show, you know, they do watch our show, well, so you could be. In this might be the last time you're on their show. Just to give you a heads up. I love both. I love everybody. How's that sound? You guys yeah. see it? I see it. Awesome. So, again, morning, everybody. The day after, right? I mean, I know I was looking, I was on with you guys late September, and we kind of talked about the idea of, well, rough year. But October can be a bear market killer. Now, believe me, we don't know if October 12th was the low. But, you know, we're seeing some signs. I mean, you know, I know I'm sharing a screen here. I'm just talking out loud for a second. You know, just yeah. the fact that small caps have done so much better, industrials, healthcare. I mean, it's just funny. I know you guys talk about this, but everyone complained about the five stocks that were leading the market for the longest time. Now those five stocks aren't doing well. You guys are just talking about Tesla, right? I mean, it's yeah. that's one of those five, but it's part of that group, right? Now you got all these other groups that are actually doing okay. And it's funny how people kind of forget that. But let's just, I've shared this chart all year. I think I've shared it with you guys every single time I've come on. So let's keep it going. Just a four-year presidential cycle. The first three quarters usually aren't very good in the midterm year. The first year of a new president, I'm sorry, let's see, the second year of a new president usually isn't that strong. We had a 120% rally last year. We didn't think we'd have a 25% bear market this year. I want to be very clear there but a 15 percent correction made sense but when you look at this here we are in that seasonally bullish time frame lots of other factors absolutely but just taking a big look at this this quarter next couple of quarters or two quarter three quarters i'm sorry that are pretty strong and clearly this quarter is off to a good start where's the one i wanted to share yeah here we go so 
we had a 14% rally in the Dow, right? Last last month. That's like one of the greatest monthly gains ever, the greatest October gain ever. And I just looked when you gain 10% on the Dow. Here it is since World War II, kind of one of those, it is what it is. What happens next, right? You six months later, 12 months later, above average returns. And the way I put it is like this, big monthly moves like we saw in October, <clears throat> they don't usually happen at the end of a bull market or in the middle of a bear market. They tend to happen at the beginning of a new bullish move. And I know that sounds kind of crazy with all the stuff that's going on out there, but that's just, I think, something we want to point out. It's a couple, you know, here's, here's one. I mean, we don't know the results yet. Sounds like the Republicans are going to take the House by a little bit. Maybe it's still a coin flip on the Senate. But you can see it here under Democratic president on the left. When you have a Republican Congress, that's the best scenario. Think late 90s with um, President Clinton. And then when you have a split Congress, which could be the case again, 13.6% on average under a Democratic president. What I'm getting at, don't invest in your politics. Invest in the fundamentals and the charts, the technicals and the sentiment. But <laughs> whatever scenario happens here historically isn't a major worry. Let me see what else I want to talk about here. Um, Maybe one more thing and we can talk a little more. November. Don't sleep on November. November is the best month since 1950. It's the best month wow. of the last 10 years. It's the second best month of a midterm year. Seasonally, we are in a strong point of the year. Now, guys, maybe one more thing that we can chime in. Uh, two things I've noticed nobody's talking about that I can tell. We know tomorrow is the inflation data. You guys are going to be all over it. We're all going to be all over it. Yeah. Something that's in there, used cars are down 10% year over year. I'm sharing the Mannheim used car index, okay? Used cars make up like 5% of core CPI. This is going to start to be a tailwind for CPI, this big drop in used cars. The other one is right here, rents. Rents make up like 9% of core CPI. Rents just had their largest monthly decline ever, according to the apartment list, a private company. But they're seeing some good things. The truth is this, though. Last comment. The government data, when it comes to used cars and rents, usually lags significantly with the private data. So what we know is these, these things are coming back. These are some big parts of inflation. Tomorrow's inflation data, we're all going to look at it. But in the future, the next three to six months, we really think inflation is going to come back down a lot more because rents and used cars indeed are coming back. So there's my opening salvo. Hopefully I didn't talk too fast. Uh, what do you guys want to talk about? Lots to take in there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously, it's going to be all about the CPI tomorrow. Yep. I mean, this is the market has been trying to find, you know, a reason to buy for a long time. We keep seeing the data not coming in, really. Mm -hmm. it's, it's it's coming hot a little bit. Last month was, well, it wasn't that hot. And they ended up finding a reason to rally the stocks. I mean, it's all about interpretation, too. So, you know, if we come in, we're obviously, if we come in really significantly light, the market's going to rally. If we come in really significantly hot, the market price sells off. But it comes in like medium. Like, I, I, I think you might be right with, you know, the seasonality factors with, you know, you can. And, and this market has actually performed quite well in the last month. I mean, yep. you've had some disasters in mega cap tech. But mm -hmm. to your point, Ryan, you've had a lot of sectors really picking up the slack here. Does the yeah. rotation take us higher in the end of the year? We think it does. I mean, you know, financials are quietly leading. Regional banks have been doing well. Broker dealers have been doing well. I don't hear people talking about this stuff. Industrials, look at the earnings from Caterpillar. Look at the earnings from earnings from Deer. These are companies that are saying there's a global recession on the horizon. There are parts of the economy clearly in a recession. I'm looking at you, housing. But there are other parts that aren't. And, you know, I mean, let's just hit rewind for a second. When we had that uh, CPI print a month ago, we saw like a 15% drop of nearly the, about two and a half weeks after that. So we did see a pretty good sell-off initially on that 
slightly hot number. So we'll see. But again, I, we're seeing some positive signs that things, the input prices in there are coming back, like time to delivery. Some of those things are really improving. The other thing I want to point out, though, and again, it is what it is, is on the screen now. Your mid average midterm year pulls back about 17, what is it? 17.1% uh, there. All right. So, you know, midterm years have the largest pullback. What they also have off those lows, over a 30% average return, higher every single time of year off those lows. Now, I get it. Nobody knows when the lows are, but maybe they were October 12th this year on the SP. And yeah. if history would repeat itself, just be open to the idea that this rally that started really could have some. Some legs and one more thing. Our friends at JP Morgan Asset Management shared that awesome chart. You guys might have saw it or maybe even talked about it. Where stocks bottom like six to nine months before GDP, earnings, and jobs. It's normal for stocks to start going up before everything else turns around. That's something your average investor just has trouble grasping because it makes sense. I want the news to be better before I believe it. That's not how this works. Things bounce, stocks bounce because they're seeing better times ahead. Then the economic data confirms it. Like when stocks were weak early this year, then we had this weak economic data. Now we're starting to bounce on it. It kind of makes your head explode, but that's how history works. All right, I'll come in here. I have some questions here. I have some concern, of course, tax loss yep. harvesting could be coming in uh, to the end of the year. Of course, a lot of people probably caught in this bear market. And of course, the Santa Claus rally. Do we even have one this year? Will there be demand destruction from all the kind of raising of the interest rates and maybe finally the consumer getting a little short on cash? What do you mm -hmm. think, Brian? Yeah, no, all those things are valid concerns. We do, we're optimistic that you know Santa Claus will come to town one more time. It's great, interesting what you said about tax harvesting, though. Could it be, you know, they're they're gonna keep selling some of the some of the laggards, right? I know usually tax tax loss harvesting, I can't even say the word tax lost harvesting. You tend to sell some of the winners, but some of these big losers, these big tech names, communication names, you know, people might just kind of get rid of those just because they haven't really been working. I mean, we we've seen the numbers, and you guys know we manage a lot of money at Carson Group, other friends of mine in, in this industry. The truth is a lot of people are still underweight equities, right? That's probably been the way to be because of where we are right now. But the, 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 the chase that still could come in this year makes a lot of sense. I and mean, I don't need to get into it all, but we've seen record you know, amounts of bearishness in a lot of ways. And I get it. Dennis, last time I was on, you said, well, they're saying it. Are they doing it? There, there's two sides to that story. But I, I just look at that Bank of America Merrill Lynch fund manager survey. It looks at real man money, $600 billion, might be less because stocks are lower. But like the most cash they've had in over 20 years. And I, that's kind of the feeling I get. So maybe not a huge rally. But I think we're higher from today to the end of the year and all these factors in. And it might start tomorrow with maybe some better inflation data. We're on the line with Ryan Dietrich from the Carson Group. Uh, one thing that uh, is concerning me is, you know, we, we have this rotation going on. And you talk about, you know, the five stocks, Apple, Microsoft, yep. Amazon, Tesla. And I like to, to combine the, the alphabets. I mean, yep. that's still... 20% of the S&P. I mean, it. how how can those stocks be replaced or move up to, the, you know, like I see Exxon Mobil moving up, mm -hmm. United Health Group. But it seems like Apple at 7.12%. I mean, Microsoft still 5.32%. I mean, these things got to at least stop going down. How, mm -hmm. how long do you think it's going to take to filter this out and Get some different leadership, at least in the S P five hundred. 
Yeah, great point. I mean, energy is what less than five percent, right? When they kicked Exxon out of the Dow, energy is about two percent of the S and P five hundred. That was in September of twenty twenty. Um, so, you know, the truth is, these cycles can last a while, right? We, I don't have the chart, but you probably showed it before. Just tech versus energy, right? I mean, you had like twenty years of tech doing better than energy, or fifteen years or so of tech doing better than energy. We're only two years into this thing, mm-hmm. right? So, the idea that these cycles can last longer, and that's why, again, I mean, we've all said it. I know JC's gone with you guys before, said it before. It's not a stock market, right? It's a it's a market of stocks, and that's the way I think people, and obviously people on this show know that by looking at certain groups and looking at certain areas you should go into. But again, that's that's the important thing is there really are a lot more stocks. And yes, if someone's just stuck on being in the FANG stocks or the Kathy Wood area or some of those previous high flyers, maybe there could be some opportunity there, don't get me wrong. But th- th- that's the people that have struggled and people that have kept a diversified portfolio, continue to invest, You know, look for some things that aren't always a shiny object. Uh, rebalancing portfolios, those are usually what tends to be uh, some of the strongest performance going forward, and we wouldn't expect that to uh, change. And one more thing, I've talked about this a ton, everyone's talked about it, but it is what it is. Six months after a midterm year, those are the returns, right, up uh, 15% on average, six months after. <laughs> I mean, or we're in the middle, sorry, sorry, this is November through April. These six months have never been lower, up 15% on average, and then a year after a midterm election, there it is again. Um, stocks have never been lower, right? So we are truly in one of the strongest seasonal points of view. There's a lot more things out there, but that's just something investors probably should pay attention to, much like this year usually is a headwind. That's played out. Maybe next year can play out a little better. Ryan, nail on the head with just what you were saying. And I mean, we obviously, you know, we talked about rotation a lot on this show. You talked about it as well. But, you know, what you were saying is, and you were saying we're two years into the energy trade. I don't argue we're only one year into it. I mean, Good point. Um, and, we're, and, and this rotation, and, you know, I went back and said this before, and, you know, you'd have the stats on this because you're the stats man. But uh, I remember very vividly, you know, after 2002, it wasn't the tech stocks that just ripped higher. Everybody thinks Amazon just ripped higher mm-hmm. and kept going up. Value stocks came back in the favor for a mm-hmm. number of years. It wasn't yeah. a couple of weeks after the tech bubble burst in 2002. It was years of value. It was really the financial crisis that knocked the value stocks off because the banks got killed, and then and, and eventually the tech, you know, rally emerged from you know from that rubble. But I mean, we could be in this value overgrowth market. We've been in it for one year. Yep. What's to say this can't last for two years or three years or five years? I mean, and everybody, you're right. Everybody who's in, you know, all these FANG stocks, if we really continue to move into that value, it's going to be an ugly few years. So maybe it's time to like, if, if you know, and I've been saying buy value on dip, sell mm-hmm. tech on rips. I think we need, you know, we're just so concentrated. And even myself, you know, if you're, you know, running money and you're not active, you're right. just heavy tech because that's what's went up in your portfolio. I right. mean, it's went up so much that it's kind of taken over the portfolio. And it did with me too. You know, it's why I lightened up Apple a couple of times and lightened up some other stocks. Because, you know, my long-term account, those are the ones that just grew exponentially where a lot of these other value names didn't do much at all. So maybe this, you know, lasts for longer than we think. Yeah, Dennis, I think that's the case. I mean, I really do. And, you know, you think about it again. Do I get to talk to a lot of advisors and their clients. Not a lot of them are asking questions about energy stocks or coal stocks. That's one of the strongest groups, right? They're still yeah. asking about technology and, and things. Rightfully so. That's because it's a big, still a big chunk of their portfolio, or maybe not as much as it was, but it's it's hurting them more. So, yeah, these trends just last longer. I think it's just something investors need to be aware of. And, again, what has history told us, you can have five to seven years of value leading and then growth leading. And we've had the growth leadership for a long time. Be open to value. And that's, believe me, 
I know I didn't say there'd be a 25% bear market this year. I'm fully aware of that. But one of the places we've been right at Carson Group, we've been underweight tech. We haven't really liked tech. We haven't liked large cap technology. We've liked oh. the value names. We've liked small caps. So, you know, our portfolio's done pretty well from that point of view. Ryan Dietrich, he's the chief market strategist at the Carson Group. And uh, I'll just tell you about one more trend that, that I hope uh, lasts at least uh, another Oh, here year. we go. Here we go. Oh, I, I, yes. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Thanks a lot out, for yeah. coming on. Yeah, good luck at that game. We'll see you guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Have a good one, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan was coach. like, yes. you, you better hold that one, Joel. I'm going to hold you to that one. <laughs> All he, right. he, there's so much good information there, and I'm completely on that same side. I, I mean, we've been saying on this show for a while. I mean, I think you got to be buying value on dips and selling tech on reps because especially this no – these stocks that aren't making money, and I'm, we're going to go to an example here right now. You know, it seems like to come out with some type of good news. What was the Roblox news? We're going to go to Roblox here now because it just reported and it is a disaster. What was the news that popped the stock up? It feel like two weeks ago. They were, they were buying RBLX up. Remember, Joel, Mitch, two weeks uh, ago. Why were we buying? Why were they all buying Roblox up two weeks ago? Uh, they did a kind of a pre-announcement, right? Wasn't it? I thought they did, and it was supposed to be good. Yeah. And now they just reported like, earnings, and they're bad. Like yeah. I, I'm trying to. I thought that they pre-announced, and it was supposed to be good. I'm gonna scroll up to see. Scroll, like, yeah, we're trying to figure it out. So right now, the news that just broke the tape right at eight o'clock. Roblox comes out with Q3, fifty cents. Lost fifty cents. Supposed to only lose thirty-three. Sales were a disaster. 517 million versus 686 million estimates. Average bookings per DAU were down $11.94. or was $11.94. That's down 11% year over year. The numbers are an epic disaster here. Again, you know, this is the, the problem. But I thought that they came out with something good like two weeks ago. Gotcha. And now you give us this disaster numbers. Yeah, here we go. September right. metrics. Mm-hmm. It was on October 17th. October 17th. Which yep. is literally two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yep. Roblox shares were trading higher because their estimated bookings were, you know, going up. They were saying, mm-hmm. yeah. and they were looking good. Yeah, it said I mean, daily active users were up twenty three percent year yeah. over year. And now you drop a bomb <laughs> on the market. What? Yeah, the hell this is, is going on. That's the financial engineering at its finest. So they had a little uh, glimmer of hope. We gotta get that glimmer of hope out there. Yeah, and now all of a sudden, kaplooey. And the stock's back down below the lows. What How bad was October that September was that good that you could report that September was that good? They but... were so excited, Mitch, to just get, try yeah. to give us good news. And, and now, and, an the news, and, and here you go. These companies that are burning cash continue to give you tape bombs. You think, oh, yeah, Roblox is coming back. We got 35, 40, 45. Yeah, we're going back to 100. We're going to get all our money back. Oh, you're not. You got to sell those rips in tech. And nope. sell those rips in these names that aren't making money. I bought some Unity. It's a disaster. Wrong call. Bought a half-size position. Yeah. Wrong call. Should just sell it. Eat the loss. I bought it 28. It's 23. Should just eat the loss. I want to have a little bit of tech or a little bit of this growthy tech. Exposure. Bad mistake. Just buy value on dips. Sell tech on rips. That's what's been working. I don't know what changes that. I don't think it's changing anytime soon because we just, you know, now that Bitcoin's going down too, that's putting more pressure on all these other names as well. ARKK looks like it's ready to make a new 52-week low. It's down here again today. It's going to challenge the October 13th low here probably today. Wow. Roblox, so disappointing. 
Former also, low of the move, former all-time low, uh, 33.20. That's where we're at. That's the right all-time now. low. Yeah. Yeah. But stocks oh. are making new. No, not no, no, no. I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, no, it, it got it down was... in the May when they were collapsing yeah. everything to 21. So yeah, 2165. The recent low, 3320. Gotta hold better hold that. Better hold that. Don't hold that. Ooh, yeah. Baby bar the door. You had two monthly lows in that area. So right now that's where, you know, that's where they're stepping up. At least it's stopped going down momentarily. Uh pre-market low comes in at 32.26. And I think if you're looking for any upside on this, just based on the early information that we have here, uh, you got to get above 34 bucks. Uh, that's been uh, the high over the since uh, since that made that 32.26 low. We just had a, a like a 17, 18 point break in the S and P's. Went down near the low of the session. Ryan Dietrich comes on, talks all bullish and everything. And uh, we just had about an eight, nine point rally. So really choppy out there, Triple D. I hope you're making some wide markets. Yeah, no, no, it is. It's been chop. And that's what continues to be the case is chop. Again, I don't think the S&P is just going to collapse. They don't know here. what to do. CPI, we, we don't know because we don't know the data. Exactly. And now, you know, a day from now, 24 hours from now, we're going to have a lot more information. But there's lots of reasons here to be somewhat bullish. You just got to be bullish on the right stocks, though. You know, I like what Ryan <laughs> said. You know, you're not a stock market, you're a market of stocks. And everybody is overweight, all these tech names. It's all the questions that I get. Like what I'm getting, and I get typically 10 to 20 messages sent to me a day from various sources asking me, you know, can you talk this stock? What do you think of this stock? What do you think of that? I would say 90% of the messages are growth stocks, like the storied stocks. People want to hear that my stock is bottom and it's coming back and I'm getting my money back eventually. And I often say the opposite to them, that it's probably, you know, going to get uglier. And they're like, well, how can Carvana at CVNA be down 97%? How can it go down more? How can it continue to go down? I mean, the stock's massively oversold, but is a stock goes from 380 to 7. It's probably eventually going maybe not to zero, but to pennies. So, I mean, and here's the problem with buying the stock at 7. If you buy a stock at 380 and it goes to zero, you lose all your money. If you buy a stock at seven and it goes to zero, you lose all your money. If if Carvana, I'm not saying it's going to, but if it goes to zero, the $7 buyer is as dumb as the $380 buyer. That's the problem. The people who bought Carvana three days ago at 14, they lost half their money in three days. So yeah, is it going to go from seven to nine or is it going to go have a 50% rally here one of these days? Sure. But it's going to be another selling opportunity probably. These stocks remember, are just bag holder central, man. Remember yesterday I made that comment about TikTok? And uh, they just mm -hmm. took a big cut on global revenue as online spending dries up. Remember I mentioned that? So, I mean, that's... Yeah. that's the problem that with TikTok is we can't trade it. You know, there's right. no way to trade that. So, it's just not good for it, Google. I don't think it's a good sign for Google. Well, and and well, obviously that's a lot of that's. I mean, look at Google. I own Google in the long-term portfolio. One of the few tech stocks that I didn't hedge or sell, and maybe I should have. Obviously, hindsight capitals twenty twenty for sure. I should have sold it. But you know, I look at the PE. Where's Google's PE? Fifteen, four, sixteen. It's kind of valuey. But maybe if we're going to recession, online advertising is going to start to collapse. Google's going to continue to get hit too. It's probably not stocks I want to add to right now. What you want to buy 
I think, are these companies that are making money right now. You know, people are asking, what did I buy? I bought some Canadian banks. The Canadian banks, you know, are starting to look a little bit healthier. Some of them come back. I know I recently bought BNS, which is Bank of Nova Scotia in Canada. I feel like it's bottomed. It's got a huge dividend. The dividend is, I think, 6.1%. Not that that's great in a 5% environment, but, (laughs) I mean, if we go into a recession, all bets are off. Everything's going to get hit. If we go into a deep, deep recession, that's why I'm still keeping a considerable amount of cash. But if I want to have some stocks, I want to have stuff that I feel like I'm getting Dividend protection. Yeah, you're buying Roblox. What are you getting? I mean, I don't know. I'm getting hopes and dreams and a potential story, but I'm not getting cash. Let's you know, Scotia makes cash. You know, TD Bank, they make cash. Bank Montreal, one of the biggest positions in my long-term portfolio, make cash. These stocks, there's a reason these stocks are up 10, 15, 20% in the last month because they're value names with low PEs. So there's, you know, I'm not just saying it's just the banks. Drugs, banks, energy is what this market is on. That's what has worked. That's the stocks going up. We gave you Gilead on this show. You know, it's one area to 82, makes a new high again yesterday. Again, Amgen. We've been talking about Amgen. Boom. Breaking out on, you know, breaking out here again. Biogen. I think Biogen's going to go. I'm long Biogen. It's come back. The all-timers job, you had the gap up. But look at this chart, Joel. This does not look like a bearish chart to me. B-I-I-B. I think eventually Biogen's a $300 stock. The PE, what's the PE on Biogen, Mitch? It's like 12, isn't it? Yeah, it shouldn't be bad at all. I'll take it was like there. 9, and then they gapped up you know, on the Alzheimer's. And then you bring that drug in, and it's a whole different game too. It's lots of different stocks and lots of different places to be. Now, again, if you know we get hot CPI data tomorrow, everything's going to get hit. So it's about, but some stuff's going to get hit harder than other stuff. It's like you know, tech has been losing even when we get hit. Some of these tech stocks are losing, like even when we've had the rally. So you've got to be at least diversified a little bit. You know, have something besides all these mega cap tech, or have something besides these storied stocks from 2020 that probably are never coming back. Now, one thing that I think uh, we need to wait and see if this is going to happen during this time, but I think that we are going to get to a point where certain companies are going to start disappearing, right? Certain companies are going to start showing concerns for bankruptcies. I think that that is starting to show up. And I think that, you know, in the long run, I think that I'm going to be looking for certain companies to go first, and then I'm going to be looking for a bottoming in the market. Uh, But companies that kind of concern me, Let's talk a little bit about some of them. Upstart Holdings. You guys can take a look at them. You guys know what I call them. Uh, Downstop Holdings, but who knows? We'll take a look here. Q3 EPS at a loss of $0.24, missing the loss of $0.08 estimate. Sales of $157 million, missing the $169.42 million estimate. They did uh, guide down on their Q4 sales and are speaking on that high interest rates are crushing loan demand. I don't think that's changing anytime soon. Consumer lending company. <laughs> Not the place to be going into a recession. Not the place to be with higher rates everywhere. A firm listening to that CEO from a firm on on Mad Money. It was on Mad Money last night. It was like, oh my gosh. This and he gave us that. This was, and, and I'm going to butcher the stat, but I tried to write it down when he was saying it, but it was like, he gave a stat because uh, they were saying, you know, how much that they were, you know, that they lost, and it was like accelerating the losses. And he was saying, well, you know, it's because interest rates have come up. 
So interest rates, so he said for the 300 basis points that we've come up on, you know, interest rates, which was really what the Fed has done, they said their margins are getting a 20-point hit from that. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, what if they keep going up? You know, and then they have consumer credit risk. I mean, these there's a major reason these things are just in the gutter. And that's because these things, if the, if we continue to raise rates or if the, this Fed-induced recession actually eventually comes, this consumer is already stretched. We know consumer credit card debt has been going up. These are absolutely not the stocks you want to own. There's a yeah. distinct possibility that Upstart and Affirm go bankrupt. There is a very high, not very high, but there is a high. So I think it's like a coin flip on whether these companies survive, Affirm or Upstart. So I'm not betting my money, you know, on a firm. And people will come in and say, it's 13, it was 150, where's it going to go? Goes to a buck, you're losing 95% of your money. Not it was me. no thank you. Such a gift, that that rally in July to August. Oh, I gosh, was trying was. to call. I'm still still going to be always upset about this because I shorted at 39, got stopped out at 40. Oh, gosh. That's um, yeah. I, I was trying to call this short to zero. I, I thought this would pretty much get down there because I was worried about the consumer and what kind of purchases the consumer had made during the time of the pandemic. And just like maybe even some of those Pelotons uh, on a firm, uh, right? And I think that there was so many offerings out there that was, well, buy this, we'll, we'll give you a monthly outlook. But of course, if you miss those loans, those interest rates just eat you alive. These are payday loans. These yeah. are payday companies. Yeah, payday oh, rates. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's what yep. they are. And it's just a, a kind of a little bit of a scheme to make it more digital and put it into products and in different marketplaces. But in my eyes, this has been the same day. Just go down the street, ask for a payday loan. There may be no worse play going into a recession than a firm and upstart. There may be no worse play. Like there's obviously, you know, demand destruction happens. These things don't just get demand destruction. They probably get more demand, but they just have consumer credit risk. So much, so many bad things happening here. So maybe this is the bottom. Maybe we're going to turn around. Maybe we're going to light CPI data. And these stocks will rally significantly if we get the light CPI data tomorrow. And then they'll come on the show. And everybody will say, oh, Dennis is an idiot. He said upstart could go bankrupt. And it just went from 15 to 20. I mean, if we get light CPI data, you're going to see a rally across the board. I don't know if that's going to happen tomorrow. I'm not positioning ahead. But I'm just saying if the consumer, if the consumer gets more stretched, these companies are in real trouble. 1360 is where they took this to, and you did get a buck and a half rally of it. After it, uh, it bottomed at 1360, you had a patient buyer uh, stepping up to 14. So look at that if the uh, decline continues. And if you're looking for more upside on this thing, uh, the rebound off that low, the people that bought it cheap, 1550 was good enough for them. That was uh, your rebound high. And Above that, you know, things get kind of gappy. 1758 uh, was the bottom of yesterday's range, but uh, doesn't look like that's the card. I expect things, at least for today, uh, to thicken up as you head towards that pre market low at 1360. Let's go to a positive stock, a uh, positive Please. stock on the day, getting an up move. Array Technologies, check that out. Solar still pushing, guys. SEDG had a nice move yesterday. Array's uh, Technology, Q3 EPS at $0.18, cents, beating the $0.10 cent estimate. Sales at $515 million, beating the $399.35 million estimate. So sales, 
big beat there. Array Technologies raised their full year 22 revenue outlook and also their EBITDA outlook uh, and also adjusted EPS. I don't follow this company, so I can't tell you anything about the fundamentals. Solar, I mean, hmm. there's obviously, I, I, I like the solar trade. I think on pullback, solar has held up very well. Obviously, you know, we've had issues with, um, you know, a lot of sectors not holding up, but TAN has held up pretty well. It's had a nice pullback here as of re- recent. I'd be interested in buying some solar plays. I don't know this company, though. I'm not buying anything at 20%. Forward Yet. PE on this is uh, 17. Okay, so it's reasonable. I wish I would have known about it yesterday. <laughs> Maybe on a pullback, something like that, but not not chasing, not chasing in this market. New low in the S and P there. Uh, let's see if uh, Ryan can uh, boost it on uh, on uh, CNBC here. Uh, oh, there's got... on CNBC. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he yeah. just said, "Oh, I like you guys better than those pre-market guys." <laughs> <laughs> Twenty yeah. seventy-five. Uh, that's your that's your pre-market high. And uh, that that comes in with a couple uh, coincides with a couple daily highs. So 2059 was a high going back to mid September, and then you also had a high at 2105. So uh, that's a potential sell zone coming back on the downside. As Dennis said, have no idea where to buy this. The top of yesterday's range comes in at 1760. Mitch did give. I, did give a look at a, a chart yesterday, Dennis. Look at the CSIQ. Mm. If you're looking in, so I sold half of it. I sold half of it at the loss. Bought it. Uh, who was it? Craig Johnson on the show. Um, and it went straight down. So Craig gets some stuff ready. Got this one absolutely wrong. <laughs> 39 to 27. <laughs> it came back to 35. And I don't sold. worry, Money Mitch is here for you, Dennis. Yeah, money five, match, look at this big area trying to break <laughs> out today. So keep an eye on this one. You're getting help, you know, getting a lift from Array Technologies as well. We'll see what happens. There's still a lot of earnings reports that we didn't get into, but and you guys can keep up with, of course, Joel on pre-market prep. Plus, if you guys want to get through some of those other earnings stocks, AMC reported today. Ooh. AMC beat on uh, EPS. Beat also on sales expects next year box office to grow between 15 to 25 percent. But a clear answer here, AMC's entertainment CEO says, while the box office is unmistakably on the rise, and this this is an interesting one, but still falling short of pre-pandemic levels. That's what you want to be seeing. What was that big investment they made? Was it uh, was it NFTs or something? Probably they they went uh, with every buzzword. I mean, they, they got the they got the ape. You know, the ape was I think the biggest kind of. They were gonna team up with. I'll games. say f you uh, to the investors because they couldn't dilute AMC anymore because of the way that it's been diluted to hell. So they said, you know what? Let's come out with something else that we can dilute, God, and then we're gonna make it sound really good. We're gonna call it the ape because they'll be super excited. They'll like this. What a disaster that is. That's, the eight comes out at what ten bucks or whatever yep. it was. Yeah, fuck now. I mean, why? Because they diluted it. <laughs> Sad <laughs> story. Boom. We we warned investors a thousand times on this stock. I took so much heat that I had two thousand messages saying how stupid I was. You know, uh, when I when I obviously I, I I said negative about GameStop and said negative about AP or about AMC. And then I said I'm not talking about them on the show anymore for the simple reason that people just like literally want to kill me. Um. And we were right. I mean, the stocks, the Adam 2 up there, six bucks. It was 50. I said it's going back to 10 eventually. It's not just 10, it's six when you add the two of them up. 
650, whatever. Story's over. Story of 2020 is not story of 2022. There'll be short squeezes. There'll be little pops. This thing's probably never getting back to 50, 40, 30. I don't even know if it's going back to 20 or 10 ever. They diluted the hell out of it. The only people that the apes made money was the management um, because obviously we had you know a lot of management selling up there, including Adam Aaron. Um, he's the one that got he's the one that got rich off this. Sorry, everybody else yeah. got got screwed. Yeah, he tried to act like the friend and really probably wasn't the friend. And one of the things that I always ask myself is the CEO really thinking of the best interest for the investors. And I don't think that that was the truth in this situation. I, I, I think looking back, you know, and so many shares, and he's like, well, I've got to, you know, I'm older. I got to start selling excuses to sell a stock at 27, 29, <laughs> 35, dumping it to you guys. Sorry. You know, I feel bad yeah. for everybody actually I do. on this. You know, we warn people on the show. I do feel bad for all the apes, all the people who got caught up in the hype and they really believed, you know, in the story and they believed in the movement. And I feel bad. It didn't work out. We knew it wasn't going to work out on this show. Um, that's why we continue to warn people about it. And I took a lot of heat for giving those warnings. I do feel bad for all those people. Um, we tried to warn them. All right. Uh, I'm going to wrap things up on my end here. Uh, we're still in the red. Uh, pretty good. 19 handles at 38, 16 and a quarter. Uh, I think the big test today will be uh, yesterday's low. That was a real quick flash down to 92 and a quarter. Uh, so as long as we can build a base in the first 15 minutes, a half hour above that uh, above that level, uh, I'll be keeping an eye on unchanged. That seemed like kind of a high last print at 35 and a quarter. Uh, so that's what we'll be looking at. So uh, take it away, guys. And uh, Mitch, I'll check in with you later on. Have a good one, Joel. We'll see you a little bit later. You guys can keep up with Joel. Like I said, premarketprep.com. Don't miss it. Um, now, Dennis, definitely we'll be watching what happens right now. I'm still in the short term camp, such short that I'll say one day in the bullish camp. Still, I feel like the path right. of least resistance is to the upside. Yeah, what do you feel I, I think overall, I think the rotation continues to give us up, but it's hard to make a market call 24 yeah. hours before getting a critical market data point. So we got to wait to see the CPI. I'll trade market neutral going into it. I think I think the rotation continues. So I'm with Ryan Dietrich. I think we sell tech on rips. I think we buy value on dips. I think I'm looking at the drug stocks, which have underperformed for the better part of a decade. My portfolio is full of drugs. It's been full of underperforming drugs. Um, you know, Pfizer and Merck and Biogen and I don't know what the hell else I got. I, you know, I had Lily for a long time. It just went up so much that I sold it. Um, but on pullbacks here, I'd absolutely rebuy all these stocks. We're definitely going to keep watch to see what happens in these value plays. Sprouts Farmers Market had earnings today. That seems like an earnings stock that I'll be watching too. Uh, good move on that. Maybe Kroger's continues to lift. Oxy, we'll see if oil turns around. It's been super strong lately. Still hanging in there. We'll see if Down it turns today, around. Um, again, the P's are low. So, you know, on serious dips, it's just run too far now. XLE 70 to 93. Definitely. Let's get back to 80. You know, and then we start talking about reloading on the energy names. They've just, you know, I think if you're in them, I think it's ring the register time just because they've run so far. Maybe it's going to have some upside capitulation. Maybe they're going to continue. I think they are, these are names you still probably want to own. But I think they've just run. They're overextended. Just like some of the other names, you know, we've trashed the Kathy names for a while. But they're overextended the downside, too. You know, Unity has been straight down from 60 to 23. I thought... At a certain point in time that, you know, maybe we're going to get, you know, a, a turnaround and this just hasn't happened. Death by a thousand cuts continues. So 
painful stories, man. Some of them out there, but yeah, rotation continues. Yeah, value over growth right now. We'll see if it ever changes. Have a good one, Dennis. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, that's going to do it for me here on Pre-Market Prep. Like always, traders, do me the favor. Hit the thumbs up. That shows us that you guys appreciate everything that we do here on Pre-Market Prep. Of course, by now, with all the viewers that we have, we could have Pre-Market Prep behind a paywall. But we don't do that. We want you guys to have access to this information. That's why Joel and Dennis do what they do here every single day. So I hope you guys appreciate them by just doing the simple gesture of hitting the like down below. And of course, hitting the subscribe button lets us know you guys want more pre-market prep. I will see you guys over on live trading coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Stick right here on Benzinga for all your market action. I'll see you guys over on live trading. And then, of course, later today, we got Benzinga Live and, of course, stock market movers. Let's get right over and see if we can make some money in this market. Thank you.